Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Chris Fury, your man on the wall. What's happening? I got my partner with me, Tracy Carr. What's going on, Tracy? Oh, what up, dude? How's it going? <laughs> uh, we got a great show tonight lined up. Oh, yes, we, uh, we, we have do. a very, very special guest. I really don't want to keep her back there waiting because I've been watching her work for quite a while. Uh, she's interviewed some great artists that work in, in the uh, acting world and behind the camera, in front of the camera, in books and everything. Uh, she's going to be talking to us tonight about her new book, Protectors of Wakanda. But before we get to her, remember to hit that notification bell on the YouTube channel. You'll get the latest and greatest in Blurred's Eye View news. Uh, you can also follow us on the Opulence Radio app as well as listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, including iHeartRadio. But without further ado, I want to bring on to uh, our guest, Kara Mahorn, a.k.a. The Blurred Girl. <laughs> Do you even have sound effects and everything? What's up? <laughs> What's going on? There we go. There we go. Okay. Y'all, y'all, I didn't pay y'all to just come in here and not sit, so come on. <laughs> All right. That is very sweet. <laughs> right and then abrupt. How how are y'all doing tonight? How are I'm you? Doing, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, busy, but hanging out hanging in there. I heard uh Tracy, I heard you just kind of ran in from work. Are you all right? You need a drink of water? Are you okay? <laughs> no, I yeah, yeah. I kind of was just like, they were like, hey, you still got like a few minutes left to work. I was like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta go. It's I time to work. It's, we would have to yeah, have good fun. Blur girl on. I'm, I'm not staying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this pretty much this the this the look that Tracy's giving them every time they tell her she got to stay over. She's like, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, hmm. Really? Hmm. Am I really staying? <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very anti-capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's giving them all these looks here. You know. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> y'all are hilarious. Oh my god! So, I I have followed your work for quite a while, and thank you. I'm in awe because it's people like yourself and Straw Hat Goofy and people that in that realm that Straw Hat Goofy's these... killing it. Straw Hat yes. Goofy's killing yes. it. Yes, and, and these people, these are people who I follow and aspire. And I, there's something else I want to bring to mind. You put out a media kit. Yeah, I'm actually going to be doing a lot more of that because I, I want to help more creators do more of what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. that's and, and just I the beginning. That, <laughs> and, that, and you know what? And this is dope because I remember you putting up a post and talking about why people of color, mainly women and black men of color, uh, uh, needing media kits so we get more recogni- recognition and be more taken seriously. I guess you could say the word. Yeah, it's it's really one of those things where, because um, you'll hear a lot of white creators say, like, I, no one's ever asked me for a media kit. They just approach me because they like my following or whatever. You could have more following or whatever, but if you, it, it's going to come to, oh, but do they know how to be professional? Do they know how to really do this? That's where the media kit will basically uh, answer those questions. Because I regularly have people ask me that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, here. And they're like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, get back. I mean, here's the here's the thing. I just I tell people a lot that uh 
one of my favorite shows. Black Lady Sketch Show, shout out. They got yes. Emmy noms and everything. But one of my favorite sketches on that show is the, you know, undercover undercover sister because she she's always there nobody sees her and that's literally just been basically my journey like i'm always there nobody realizes i'm there and i'm like okay where did you learn all this like same place you did on the same shoot and the same show same, same, same. but all right okay oh man before we dive any deeper uh i got some some of the good stuff to call, talk about so here we go First on the docket, Miss Marvel. I, I just have to say, when my live show comes back, I'm gonna have to get y'all to do my effects. They're not as good as this. <laughs> y'all, I do it painstakingly. Oh my god, that, that is, that's a lot of cringe. That's a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, that's painstakingly done by yours truly. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a perfectionist. That's awesome. But, but um. So we got episode six of, of the season finale of Miss Marvel, which, by the way, great job by Imani Villani in the cast and crew. Uh, they show a great style of representation uh, of a brown girl from Jersey City. And let's face it, we always wanted to see Miss Marvel on the screen anyway. She's fangirling as much as we fangirl and fanboy about any of the Marvel or DC properties that's, that comes out. And um, I just want your thoughts. So we'll start with the blurred girl herself, since she's our <laughs> guest. Um, what were your thoughts? And then we're going to get to that little teaser at the end. Of this. Um, I yeah, no, the teaser and the after credit scene. Um, yes. No, I really liked the show. Like, uh, like every show I watched, it wasn't perfect, but it was really up there. And it's actually one of my favorites. I was I did a live stream for Mar Marvel uh, with our. Uh, Fantastic Frankie, Frankie Smith yesterday. And Show we had the Frank. same, yeah, we had the same response. And that is that this is probably of the Disney Plus shows that we have now seen. I would put this as my second or third favorite. Like it's okay. really amazing. And I yes, I love the representation. I, I believe her name is Iman Vellani. Iman, yeah. Yeah, it is Iman. It is Iman. Um, and she I think Iman is really uh she no, she is. Ms. Marvel, um, there was <laughs> like she encapsulates it and that innocence and that drive. I there's it's really funny. There are things that they changed from the comic, but I wanted them to change them, and I liked that. I didn't. It didn't bother me that they changed their powers because I knew they were going to change them for a reason. Mm -hmm. One of those reasons I believe has to do with what happened at the end of the um the episodes. But I thought it was fantastic. I thought like I knew about the partition but I, I from people who i know who are southeast asian i don't remember ever learning about it in school and i don't think at what i did read about it it was just very cursory so i love the fact that they dove into that like there are so many pakistani americans and just pakistanis period then that have that time in their lives or their grandparents we talk about uh intergenerational trauma whenever we use those terms, we are often just thinking about African-Americans, but there is a trauma there for second and third generation immigrants or Pakistani as well. And I just thought that was, not only was it, cause it was, if you read about the real partition, it's a, it's a bloody horrible mess. Yeah, it definitely, um, yeah. But the, 
that it was handled with care. It was handled well, so we understood what was going on. Um, and it was also handled for Disney Plus in a way that I think was great for kids. Also, I just liked the fact that I feel like this show, uh, more than any other Disney Plus show, tied in really well to the MCU. Like, I, I could see where it came in and I could see where it's going. Where a lot of the other ones, it was like, where are we? What's happening? Um, yeah, a little bit and, of Phase 4 stuff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, like, for instance, like, Loki. I know we're getting a Season 2 of Loki, but Loki is in the main timeline, is dead. So he always is going to have to be in an alternate universe or come from an alternate universe, you know? So there's certain things that were like, that was, and what if, you know, shout mm -hmm. out to what if, also got Emmy nominations. Yes. Um, Thank you, but, Chadwick. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I definitely think that this series um, did an incredible job and did, it did have some episodes that weren't that great, but I think it was because of the fact that they have this timing issue. Um, the only complaint I really have is uh, WandaVision had nine episodes. It came out first because of their crazy schedule, even though, as a lot of people already know, WandaVision was supposed to come out after Multiverse of Madness, which explains some of the issues with Multiverse of Madness. But it had nine episodes. I believe Falcon and Winter Soldier had nine. And yeah. then everything yeah. the, everything after that got like eight and then six. They started dropping in this six episodes, this six hour. When if it's six hours, it's a miniseries to me. It's not a... Yeah, yeah. You know, so I really felt this especially was one of those episodes, series rather, that could have used one or two more episodes. Like that episode five felt like three episodes in one. Like all yeah, the things did. that happened. So I, I, so that's, that's my general thoughts on the, the entire series, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, okay. I can just watch uh, Miss Marvel just in general. So give me more episodes <laughs> and I'll be totally down for that. Uh, but I agree with all your points just now. That was fantastic. Thank you. Um, I do want to say, like, I, I do like how they tied in a lot of real world issues in this one, too, especially with the representation. And since you mentioned, like, trauma, I did like the fact that the community there were so willing to push back and stand their ground. And when they first walked in there and they're like, can we see you? And they're just like, yeah, we're ready. We're, 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 this is our first rodeo. <laughs> Come on now, like we're we're here, <laughs> and I, I and you know what? That's y'all to that end. I also think that um, <laughs> Bruno. It's really funny. As much as Bruno was a friend of the families, and as much as Bruno thought he was helping, he speaks fluent Urdu. He was like bringing Kamran to the mosque, and they were like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Sanctuary." They were like, "Not in this country." And she walked in and was like, "IDs." They were like. Like they just, you know, yeah, they're, just... Like, the like, they're just like, yeah, uh -huh, IDs, sure. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and also, also, Department of Damage Control, not for nothing, Department of D Damage Control acted very differently in Spider Man. They did. Who, who they actually, did. who they actually thought had killed people, they were gonna bring him in alive. I they mean, were, but they were busting holes. Like, yeah, exactly. You would be surprised. They were problematic. My goodness, they were. They were. That woman was very problematic. I'm, I'm, I'm happy Marvel did that though, because it's Me like you know, compared it to the real world. Like that, that's some situations I, I will probably have like uh, real world answers to that, because we see how black and brown people are compared to white folks when they're in trouble. So like trouble. 
So, <laughs> right. But we, so we know these, like, so it was good to see that. And it also, I, I always fills my heart when I see that, like a community band together and I saw the phones coming out. I was like, yeah, I always film that. <laughs> like, I always film that. Thank you. Come on, Marvel. Uh, so there's a few things in there that I, I picked up on. I was just like, you know, what? I like this. I like this camaraderie. I love this, this coming together and protecting of our own. And like, mm-hmm. oh, like all these characters come together, this whole family come together and it's just, uh, I thought it was beautiful that that whole sequence at the end, and yeah, she was no, always was stunning. Yeah, right? I was. It was emo- it was emotional. Yeah, emotional. Yeah. And always protecting everyone. I mean, from the community now to the family, which the family was the community. Yeah. So it was like it, it was interchangeable, interchangeable. Uh, even when that final battle scene, when Cameron's just pretty much losing control and he's just like screw yeah. it, and she protects him and lets and breaks him, lets him you know run free. And the community protects her because they're like, oh, yeah, did you not just see what she's done? And yet you're still trying. No, not here. Not not today. Not, <laughs> not today. Uh, We're that, not that, having that. Was, that. Was, that was cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and honestly, Cameron, I mean, think about it. In in the span of four hours, he gets he breaks out of jail. He has all these powers that just come into him. He can't figure out what's happening. He feels like he's breaking into. And then he finds out his mother's dead. Like that's a lot. Even without powers, I think I would be kind of stressed out. I don't haven't even had a moment to use the bathroom. Exactly. Things after things, and like I, I tore my heart apart when he said the line. Like I feel like I'm getting torn from the inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like just emotions that he was going through. So it's one of those moments where you can think of like someone going through a traumatic moment, and they just need their space and care, but they have no idea how to handle all that so it tends yeah. to come out lashing out and especially if someone has powers like to a point where it's just like wow that's that's a lot coming out of you right now and so. can i just say every time there is either a southeast asian show or movie or pakistani show or movie and there's some kind of celebration i live for dancing i'm sorry i, yeah, I that live wedding for was awesome. <laughs> that, that wedding, wedding was awesome I didn't I, want to I hear was, the, the what's it called Brown Jovi. They're real. They're real. Yes. No, yes. no, they're real. I found them on TikTok. Oh, they they're real. They're band? real. Brown Jovi's a real band in Jersey City, but and they're on TikTok. Oh my god! Now I gotta go find them because <laughs> no, I, I, I was. Find them, but I just wanted them to be like, oh man, they could have had that as like another scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Show back just so we can have like a little moment with Brown Jovi. I will say that I will say that the second in command of the damage of department, the department of damage control, she was extremely problematic. Yeah. Even when the lead told her to stand down, he was like, no, stand down, come back, call it off. And she's just like, he was "Hmm." like, he was like, yeah, we have to, you know, figure out what the problem is, but you're not shooting kids at a high school today. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, once it all blew up, blew up in her face and everything, he was just like, "You're done, you're off duty." Blah blah blah. Call it in. No discussion. He's like, "Yeah, we got to clean up your mess." Yeah. yeah. And and I, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention I was gonna mention something about that because like I kind of like how they did the representation of that. Yeah. I kind of like because yeah. like a lot of times like when it comes to folks being like adamant about something, it's usually a certain demographic. Like even working with abortion rights right now, I'm organizing mm-hmm. with a lot of folks right now. There's a certain demographic that's taking over that as mm-hmm. well. 
that, that feels a little bit more righteous. So it's kind of the representation I saw now, which is like, y'all are hitting something right here. They, they're they're figuring it out. Yeah, um, we out. get two amazing scenes at the end of this episode. One of them is Bruno before he goes off to Caltech or before his light night on the town with the girls. That didn't <laughs> sound right at all. That didn't sound right at all. Oh, uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, he Louis. says there's something. He says there's something wrong with your genetic make, or he says that your genetic makeup is different. And sure enough. You hear the X-Men theme song played real quick, and you're just like, oh, God. Kamala's a mutant? Kevin Feige, you did it again. And you know what's really funny? <laughs> I had the captions on, and in the captions, it says, playing X-Men 97 theme. I was like, even people who can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. They are... Oh my god, yes, mutant Q theme song. Song, yes, exactly. It was and, and the funny thing was Kamala's just kind of like, Yeah, 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 whatever. Car keys, please. <laughs> She's yeah. like nothing else matters. I car keys right now. I, exactly. I like we gotta go. Um I beyond like that how subtle they make things though. I do like how subtle they make things. They're like, We're we're gonna we're gonna give you little like crumbs and See where you go with that. Those are like oh, little yeah. subtle touches. I love that. Nice, nice, nice little, nice little lines. And then they finally, yeah. in this extra credit scene, we get a weird thing happening where Kamala gets sucked into, I don't know, portal type, and pops out or transfers places with Carol Danvers, in which Carol's looking around and she's like, "Oh crap." <laughs> like uh, I'm in somebody's room who idolizes. Who might me. be a stalker? I don't know what's happening. Like what? <laughs> Poor thing. Oh my god. Um, say what they want. Look, yes, I was thinking yeah. Mega Bands. I no, was no, thinking no, no, Mega no. Bands. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. Quint, what's up? How you doing? Oh, my whole crew's coming. This is awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, they're absolutely Mega Bands, and I'm glad you put that on the screen because every time I have to say it, they're like, people are saying what? I'm like, Mega Mega Bands. <laughs> um, that goes back to the comics. Now, this is this is all speculation, but they're acting like what the Mega Bands used to do, um, yeah. which is slingshot one person to another person who was wearing the bands. You just swap places. And it was it was a form of travel. Like at like literally yeah. in, interstellar yeah. travel. And so the the only strange thing that people were saying was she's only wearing one band. It didn't look like Carol was wearing any bands. And it's like, but we don't know. The, yeah, because Carol has a habit of coming in doing Hail Mary saves and then having to leave to go somewhere else. So right. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. And also, but what the thing that is nice about that is it's a very subtle nod. The more I know, Louis, so, you're so cute. The, <laughs> the, the funny thing about that is it's a subtle nod to two things in the comics at one point where the very first time Kamala changes form because Carol Danvers is her, her hero. She, yeah. She physically looks like Carol. She becomes blonde and blue-eyed and everything. And that was one of the things that I was hoping they would not do in the show, and they didn't. But this is a subtle callback to that. And then the other thing is, um, with the with just the mega bands and everything like that. Yeah, Carol got powered by the Tesseract, and yeah. exactly. And the Flurkin, aka the cat, <laughs> yeah. the Flurkin, still you know 
had that thing before it went to shield and we don't know remember she can jump in time so we don't know where she's coming from or when yeah, really where, where she's universe like carol's always been all over the universe protecting over here protecting over there she'll make a cameo yeah she just nice has just a habit of, habit of popping in and out. i mean yeah. let's, if you look at it she has long hair again when we last seen carol she had short hair right and so, <laughs> so we don't know yes yeah. and we don't know where she we don't know where she and the, that's the funny thing is when she had braids in the side i feel like monochrome was younger so maybe she popped in from that time we don't know but the wonderful thing is there's it's so a, much filler it's there's a beautiful so setup and it's a beautiful setup for um marvels the movie coming out the other thing i liked about it is it it is a if you squint it is quite possible that it's Cree technology. Um, and so we don't know if that's gonna happen that's gonna happen or not. I also think that the guy, the agent that was back in the Department of Damage Control, the one that called back Agent Deaver, the one that was really horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a it's weird because he didn't go out in the field and stuff like that. We did see him in Spider-Man, and he strangely knew where. Uh, Nick Fury was like, why would you know that? So I'm wondering whether or not he's a scroll. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, because we have a lot still running about. A lot still running about. So yeah, um, all of that. Yeah, I kind of yelled from the X Men theme all the way through the end of that. <laughs> I was just screaming in my house. <laughs> there, there was a lot of moments. I'm sitting there like, oh, they just opened that door. Oh, it's going to get anybody who says that phase four is like, we don't know what's going on. I'm like, you have no clue. But fans who've read and been imbued with this stuff. People in the square right now, <laughs> like we know, like there's something major coming. We know Secret Wars yeah. is coming because we've been getting incursions and everything else. Uh, you know what? We still got we still, we still got Shang-Chi. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, you know that's true. Play the X Men thing that the Mega Man triggered her late. It's yeah. it's so much. So many Quit. I completely is. agree with that though. That that her mutation was triggered because everybody's mutation, other mutation. This is the other thing. <coughs> Most of the X Men's mutations were triggered by puberty or a, trauma, a rush with death. Yeah. Right. So I. She's had both. Right. <laughs> so I think that the fact that like it was this these band this band and it still gave us enough <coughs> even though bringing in the clandestines was a reach like that was a thread that they put like even around agents of shield they would bring mm -hmm. up a character and you would go and be like they ain't use that character since 1957 who yeah. is this <laughs> so yeah cl the clandestines i'm like wow that's a reach but okay now that was a reach i was like oh they're, they're using them right. okay Okay, it's it was the nineties, whatever you know. So, um, in other blurred news, we've got eight nominations for Moon Knight. Uh, they one of those nominations, outstanding character voiceover performance by F. Murray Abraham. I mean, yeah, outstanding, but it's F. Murray yeah, Abraham. Come exactly. on, exactly. <laughs> like he's up there with James Earl Jones, That's Morgan Freeman. Like, he's up there exactly. in that in that category. <laughs> um, outstanding cinematography which it really was it really was uh, yeah the scenes where uh where he turns the days back to see how the stars looked exactly. at a certain, i'm like this was gorgeous yes. oh like this yeah. is beautiful um outstanding fantasy or sci-fi costumes 
outstanding music composition yes outstanding sound editing outstanding sound mixing stunt coordination and stunt performance for limited drama series or anthology and i will tell you when oscar isaac was just in the mr night suit and really learning his his role it was hilarious it was he was like this this move gets me all the time he's just like pop pop and i'm like did you, did you just like brush your whole shoulder off in mid-fight the flex was there. Uh, it was just, I was and that good. was that was a little thing from the comments that I liked uh, <clears throat> that made it in. Um, and it's really funny. I clocked um, the third personality. I didn't know which one they were going to bring in, but yeah. I clocked that there was a third presence really early because there was a couple times that they were both confused, and I'm like, "There's the third oh, yeah. one. There's, there's Jake. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a third personality in there. There's Jake. And, well, because yeah. and the title Definitely sequence can. always had three, so you knew there was going to be three. Um, but yeah, and then have and bringing Jake in and he's Latin, and that's Oscar, Oscar Isaac. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I love what they. I actually love what they do with all the shows where these send you a little simple nods and everything else, but uh. Hawkeye gets two nominations now. No, well, that, that was surprising. That was it surprising. Was. Uh, so for those, fun. they included stunt coordination for a comedy or for a comedy series of variety program and outstanding stunt performance. And I can see that too. Um, mm-hmm. However, I'm still waiting on uh, Yelena and Kate Bishop spinoff. I would like to see those two. Know. The chemistry <laughs> between them two is amazing. It was. I <laughs> love their scenes together. <laughs> like even when they're fight, when they were fighting, and it was just like. This is cute, and yet, how are I still need more of that? I, you know, yeah. the little yin yin yang. Yelena like, was like, my my sister. She's like, uh, Yelena was like, I never had a little sister, and now I know why my sister. <laughs> she was just like, yeah, this is what I was putting Natasha through. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> so it was that. Uh, what if gets three noms? Uh, and, and an animated part. And here's the thing that doesn't surprise me so much because the Emmys have always had an, an animated character. Ca- uh, mm. Sorry, category. That's a something that is a little bit newer, younger, yeah. I should say, for the Oscars. Um, but I, I completely agree with this. I mean, yeah. the animation that we saw, the storytelling. I'm surprised because I felt what if of all of the series of all the shows. What if was the one that I felt if you'd never seen the MCU, this is going to be confusing. Oh yes. <laughs> but but I it, that's why I'm so surprised that it got nominated because usually they don't go for that. If it's like a really deep cut, they're like, yeah, let the geeks have that one. Yeah. And for their for their Emmy knobs, it, it included outstanding animated program, character voiceover performance by the late Chadwick Boseman, and character voiceover performance done by Jeffrey Wright. Yes, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I'm a huge Jeffrey Wright yeah. fan, though. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome guy. they, they, they should awesome. give definitely give their props to Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey For Wright deserves all of the things. All also, if you follow, he's him, all over the place. If you're not following <laughs> him on Twitter, you need to because he tells off racists every day, and it's so much fun to watch. Peoples. Awesome. I also saw him. Peoples energy. The, exactly, and the last time I went to like. Uh, a live concert, which I think was Afropunk 2019. Um, I saw he brought on Bad Brains. Ooh. He brought oh, it was like a living color Bad Brains thing, and he walked on and was the MC. And I'm like, I can die right now. 
Jeez. <laughs> it was awesome. Man. Uh, Loki gets six noms. I can see that. Uh, yes. Outstanding productions design for a narrative period or fantasy program. Outstanding cinematography uh, photography for a single camera series. Outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. Outstanding music composition in a series original dramatic score. Because, yes, that score. Yeah. Um, <laughs> outstanding original main title theme music. And outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series for a one-hour show. Uh, yes, that title song, their title music for this show was, it's it's strong. It hits like, yeesh. Um, it was it was intense. Uh, I, no, I I completely agree. I do think that um, well, one of the reasons why I wasn't surprised about Loki is because to me it felt so much like Doctor Who, and there's a mm-hmm. lot. There's are there is a there are fans that consider Doctor Who sort of elevated sci-fi, which I think is hilarious because I so it used to be some of the cheesiest stuff on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, was. But, it really was. But, but it has and I'm a since, it truly was. right uh, since the Chris Eccleston since it was since it came back, I think it's considered you know also more international. Um, yes. So it didn't surprise me because it definitely felt and it had moments. The thing that Doctor Who also has it has these moments that feel like stage plays, where it's just two people talking and actually acting, not always running around. So I said if an- they're going to nominate anything, it's going to be Loki. However. Yeah. Wumi Masaku was robbed. Gugu and Betha Raw was robbed. Jonathan Majors was robbed. I need uh-huh. I needed them to all be nominated. So yes. yes. That was my only issue. Yeah. I, I every time I see every that. time I see those those actors, and I just think of Lovecraft Country and I just think of what we could have had in a season two. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was a but still amazing. Yep. That's just feel like a nice little prayer. Thank you, Quinn. <laughs> uh, Boba yeah. Fett, which we like to call the Mandalorian 2.5. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got four Emmy noms, including outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series, outstanding special visual effects, outstanding sci-fi costumes. Outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series, limited or anthology series or movie. Yes, I can see all that, especially the uh, when he was living with the Tuscan Raiders. Yes, all of that. Nice backstory, really nice backstory. Very nice backstory. Um, it it was also, um, I a lot of people felt it took too long or whatever, and it's so funny. Because a lot of the people that were complaining about this show and wanting it to be a whole other thing, and I'm going, I literally had to go back and look, and I'm like, Boba Fett had, like, in all of the Star Wars movies, not the animated series or anything like that, but in the actual movies, the 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 ones that most of the people that were complaining about, um, he had, like, seven minutes total At on best. screen. I said, so you're really upset that you're not seeing something play out in your head that you used to basically do with your action figures. Like that's because he has no backstory. I mean, I mean, that's most like, it's weird when fandom gets to that point. It's like, what were you expecting? <laughs> They're literally, like, he got out the Sarlacc pit. That's all, nobody, you don't get too much else. I am convinced that, that nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. That is a it's constant... Just, <laughs> it's so, just I, I think I think the biggest like when I'm in a uh, Star Wars uh group, 
and uh, I'm in a few of them. Of course, like I think the biggest chat I've ever been in was one that was like literally five thousand comments based on the Last Jedi, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm I'm done." I say, "Wait for us." They make it hard. They make it so hard. I'm like, yeah. "Why are you making this more difficult than it needs to be?" Um, I woke up one morning. I was like, Oop, "Well, I, I think oh. this is the other thing. Star Wars has, in terms of science fiction, and it's funny. There are things that are." There, there are things that are older. Like, I remember when Foundation came out and people were like, oh, it's not as good as Star Wars. I'm like, George Lucas took stuff from Foundation, the book, to create Star Wars. That's how old this, this story is. But like Foundation, Dune, things like that, those were all out around the same time where everybody was do doing this otherworldly thing with Asian and African influences and calling it space. And it, it was interesting to me because... The fandom, as well as the show, I've always thought in terms of Star Wars, um, the Star Wars meme with two Star Wars fans <laughs> fighting each other while the third Star Wars fan watches. Yes, it's That's accurate. Exactly You're it. absolutely right, Quinn. Um, I grew up in a I grew up in a Trek household, um, and I'm I'm not saying Trek is better than Star Wars. I'm just saying I've always felt Star Trek's show as well as the fandom has been more inclusive. I've never had to fight a Star oh, yeah, Trek definitely. fan about I they will fight you chapter and verse on which thing oh, happened yeah. in what episode. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But I, it's very rare that and I and I shouldn't and I'm not saying people like the newer stuff. You're gonna find racists everywhere. But when mm. I'm just talking to somebody about a show, it's very rare that because Deep Space Nine exists, because Uhura has been around since the 70s. Um, you might not like Captain Burnham or Discovery, but I don't hear too many people complain about, to me anyway, about her, about it being, or her being black or there being black people in Star Trek. I hear, we don't like the writing, we don't like the show, we don't like all of this realism, we don't like that. Star Wars, it's always, I, I'm always seeing in the comments racism first. And, it's, and yeah. it's the most bizarre thing. It's, yeah, it's I don't. It's, it's weird. I, it's, we it's, weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Like, do they just think like Aldo Cruzian was just like just the one black person just in space of all time? <laughs> like, yeah, like, and they're like, they're like, it's not racist. We had Lando, and I'm like, you only had one though. And here's the other thing. Also, <laughs> what makes me also laugh, and Lord of the Rings is gonna have the same problem. We have all yeah. these prequels that are coming out that are now inclusive and have all these brown people and everything, which means your favorites wipe them out. Because when you look at the future stories and there's no brown people, what did you do to them? Yeah. Y'all got some Where did they go? Where did they go? To do. Um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, everybody. Sir. And I'm not saying. Exactly. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have black fairies and black fays and everything like that in Lord of the Rings. I love it. But so someone's going to explain who wiped them out before we got to the first yeah, movie. They just magically disappeared. <laughs> or they're over there just hanging right. out. Right. Uh, somebody in the comments is saying Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones is about to have the same problem. Yeah. And they, they're they're, they're going to pick it apart. They're going to pick it apart. I think Game of Thrones. No matter what you do. Yes. No matter what you do. Yes. But I, I, I that was my only thing with Loki. I, I really enjoyed that show. I mean, Loki's one that is up there for me as well. Hopefully they yeah. just left Middle Earth. Middle Earth. <laughs> kind of makes sense. You know, just kind of makes sense. They just packed up. Like, you know what? Yeah, this ain't for us. 
So we just gonna go ahead and let y'all deal with it. We gonna go ahead and go all. No, you know way. what they did? They're gonna make their own planet or their own <laughs> section of the planet, and it's just elves, nobody else. Oh wait, no, that's Krakoa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just like when Simba's talking to Mufasa. He's like, "What is that, Dad?" And that's the Shadowlands. We do not. Talk right. About we don't. Right. Right. We don't know them. <laughs> so we don't know them. Uh, Chadwick Boseman posts his new. Posthumously received a Emmy nom, as mentioned earlier, through uh, what if his ep- his episode? Let's just say what it is was a tearjerker because there were lines that he said that were so close to what was happening or what had happened to him prior to this. Yeah, um, I can't. It's hard to watch that episode. It's it really is. hard to watch it that is. episode. It is. And it's it and the thing that was wonderful though about it was I loved unlike James Earl Jones's voice in Obi-Wan which was com- computer generated based on his original voice just about everything that we heard from Chadwick was him. They had yeah. him record it. Um they clearly at that point knew he they knew he was sick. So I think yeah. they had him recorded way ahead of time. Not only and, that, but it was a it was the way he read that role, they were looking at trying to do a spinoff yeah. of that version of T'Challa that to the point they wanted to do a cartoon spinoff and they wanted to bring that version of T'Challa to the live action and obviously that didn't come to play. Yeah. You but know. that version of Killmonger might be who we're seeing in Michael B. Oh. Jordan now that we have a multiverse of madness. Oh boy. Yeah. That's gonna be, that's gonna be well, fun. there's two there's two theories for me on that. I think they're gonna bring this version of Killmonger from what if. Mm-hmm. If if not, there is one comic, and I cannot remember if Christopher Priest or somebody else wrote it in the Black Panther rhyme, where Killmonger is dead and Shang-Chi's father brings him back with him with the rings. Uh it I believe it was Priest. Okay. No, and it was it was a it was short lived. It was very creepy, mm-hmm. but it did happen. So there is precedence if we were going to have Shang Chi in there too, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I'm I'm more interested in in how they're bringing in Namor. But the problem is, if they're bringing in Namor, we know more Wakandans are going to die. Oh, That's the part that makes me mad. Oh. You know, somebody else is going oh, to die. That, that battle's got to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. It has to happen. But. We've already seen the Illuminati in Multiverse of Madness. So maybe we'll have another Illuminati. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, before we get into talking about your book, speaking of Wakandas, uh, <laughs> I have a little, we have a little giveaway to do. So here we go. Get this up here. Uh, this is The Contractor, so starring Chris Pine. So here's the read for it. Own The Contractor on Blu-ray today, starring Chris Pine. Pine plays a discharged elite special forces sergeant desperate to provide for his family. When he takes on a private military forces contract, he uncovers a deep conspiracy, sending him on the run for his life. Buy The Contractor and watch it today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Own The Contractor on Blu-ray today, starring Chris Pine. Pine plays a discharged elite special forces... It's not supposed to say it twice. (laughs) (laughs) We can edit that in post. Yeah, we put it in post. Uh... Like he's doing a lot of running away, yeah. But uh, if you want to own a copy of this, which I have several, I have several copies, uh, go like the post, 
hashtag Chris Pine. And I will pick you from the crowd on YouTube or on Facebook, and I will get you out a copy. But because we have the Blur Girl as a gust, she gets a copy automatically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you. I'm like, oh, I'm getting gifts and getting. presents. <laughs> <laughs> so after the show, I'll get your information, or I'll text you and whatever, and we'll get the information, and I'll get it sent out to you. Thank you. Um, But let me do we have time? Yeah, we got time. Uh, let's talk I about. We have plenty of time for the blur girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we have got plenty of time. Like, 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 let's pump her so up. Let's, like, let me get my little piece up. going here. <laughs> yeah. But that was that was that was good for our for our blur news. So there. Right, we I love have. That. That's us. so awesome. I'm coming back. When I come back, I'm gonna have sound effects and grab <laughs> Lou and Quinn. Y'all see this? We're doing all this. I'm gonna get me exactly. I gotta get one of those. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you guys don't take care of her, she's gonna give you the look. She's gonna give you that look. <laughs> all right, we gotta do it all together. <laughs> So um, we have with us Karen Mahorn, also known as the Blur Girl. She's a writer, journalist, just an avid reader of comics. She's done Marvel voices. She's here to talk about us, talk to us about us. I wish she was. Yeah, I, I was. I, I will talk about. Talk you. to us about her new book, The Protectors of Wakanda. And this is this is something I'm looking very much forward to. Um, so I don't know if you want to start off, Tracy, or if you want me to go ahead, or if you want to go ahead, but oh yeah, you can start. You can start. Okay. Uh okay. We'll give you the first one. What can we expect from this book? <laughs> that's not that's not a small question at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it well, I, I will give you a hint. If you are already following uh, Marvel.com or if you Google what does it take to become uh, Dora Milaje, you'll probably land on the Marvel page, and they actually have pages now up from the book. Mm -hmm. um, it so what you're getting is this: you're it's going to be it's a YA novel, first of all. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. It is a YA novel. Can we drop into the chat too for people that are hanging yes. out? Yeah. Um, we it's a YA novel that is basically explaining how. The Dora Milaje, not only how they came to be, but some of the history of the Black Panther kings of Wakanda, as well as what it takes to actually be one. Everything from mental to physical to spiritual training, graduation, and then what happens after. Because I think um, one of the things that always, when I when this was brought to me, one of the things that always I always said is. You have the movies, but this book is not based on the movies. This book is based on the comics. Um, and it, But it, everybody knows the Dora. I think the majority of people know the Dora that are not comic book readers from the movies. And they see the same two, three, four women. Or ten women when you're thinking of the fights and stuff like that. But for comic book readers, Doom Wars, there were hundreds of them. And... I always wondered, like, when he was like, all right, we're going to have to get all the Dora back here and train them to fight uh, 
Doom, I was like, okay, but how? How did how did they how did they amass five hundred women? Where did they come from? How did that work? And so that that is sort of the impetus for uh, figuring all of, you know creating this world. It is not um, the thing that I was allowed to do, which is amazing, was create their origin story. Um, that part of which is already up on Marvel's page, which I'm a little bummed about because I wanted that to be a surprise. But um, the Marvel. Uh, <laughs> um, but. The other thing that is interesting is the concept of each of the sisters taking care of each other. So the book itself in Worlds is a tome that was found like in the universe that I'm writing this book. So it's a journal and every Dora gets a journal and That's each cool. Dora as they go through the as they go through training they, you know, make notes and things like that, but then they graduate and then that book gets passed down to Adora that is coming up. So this journal has entries from several different Dora, several different people, some alive, some dead, some. So it's and it's it was part of it an initiate. Uh, I don't want to say initiation, but it kind of was. Um, it it is taking place. I don't even want to say taking place because it jumps all over the map in terms of the the, the time period. Yeah, the, the time yeah, period because it depends on who's writing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I was able to when I was writing it in my mind. Uh, this part didn't make it into the book, and I'm a little sad about <laughs> it. But when, when in my mind when I was writing it, this is a book that Okoye was presented with after the intergalactic. Ah. saga ended and they were putting everything back together. Ta-Nehisi Coates' run. They're putting everything back together and the Dora Milaje, she was going to open the school again. And that meant a point, a, you know, and, and you can think of all the different runs that were happening during that. World of Wakanda, what happened to the leader of the Dora. Oh, sorry. I don't know what that was, but wait. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here. Um, the the you know the Dora Milaje the the in the comics the um, yeah because oh, I, I think see. they had like four titles going maybe yeah think, there was the yeah there was there's was World of Wakanda I was grabbing was also, every last one <laughs> yes yes and they tried to bring back the crew but that didn't last that was the other oh, so project that they worked on yeah I know it was sad I was upset. Um, <laughs> Um, but but that 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 is really sort of in my mind that's where it took place and then i wanted to know how who taught them stuff like think about it when we saw falcon and winter soldier and um uh io was basically breaking bucky out of his programming mm -hmm. and she was but she had been working with him and training him in my mind i was like how did she learn how to do that where did that come from? So right. it was all those different levels of things that I was, and you know, so that that's long, very long story short. It's sort of the where the book stands in the universe of the comics, um, because there are so many things going on. And I now I know that this whole new initiative with the Avengers and everything that's like coming out now, and that my book was coming out after. I was very, I was given strict rules like stay away from the Avengers, stay away from this, stay away from that, because. I knew stuff was coming. I just didn't know what it was. Now there's things dropping and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. 
Ah. <laughs> we don't want to intermingle, not yet. Right, not yet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have to admit, though, after seeing the little clips of your book and reading a little bit about it, I actually immediately watched the Viola Davis trailer. <laughs> I was just like, this is that spirit all right here. Yeah, and it's so funny because I had no idea anything about that movie until very recently. And then I was like, what? And, and it's like, coming that's... out like a week before my book drops. And I'm like... Oh, that I, is just perfect. It is. Timing. It really is. <laughs> for the record, for the record, um, I had learned about the homie Amazon Warrior Women about 15 years ago. And I'm like, why have I never heard of these women before? You know, obviously black history. Mm -hmm. Um, but the first time we actually see them was on an episode, I believe it was episode five or seven. I have to look oh, Lovecraft Country. Here it is. Yes. The what? The she named herself. The woman who named herself. That episode. yes, yes. I am. That was the episode. It was called I am. I am. Right. And now I was like, oh, they finally did it. They finally did it. And then this movie with Viola Davis comes out. And I'm like, that was yes. such an incredible. Oh my gosh. And they were and and yes, the Dora are loosely based off well, this tribe. Here's the thing, and this is and not to well actually. <clears throat> Because I hate when people no, do that. To please, people. well, actually, but, but I need to know. It's it's something, and no, but this is something that I had to be very cognizant of because there's so many people that know the Dora only from the movies and not mm -hmm. from the comics. Right. So when Christopher Priest first came up with the Dora, he wasn't thinking of the homie. Right. Right. He wasn't because remember they were in New York City with T'Challa. It was a whole other thing. Yeah, they so, were like young. Almost like child brides are well. They yeah. were well. Here's the thing. No, no, no. And actually, I'm so happy you said that because one of the earliest meetings I had with Marvel was, oh my god, but they were child brides. We can't talk about child brides. And I'm like, they weren't. Go back and read the comic again. They, they, they were, were like not uh, child brides. Yeah, I'm trying what to think if, of the word. It was no, um. No, that well, they called him beloved. But yeah. here's here's the thing. Remember, Christopher Priest wrote Black Panther. From the perspective of Ross, he never yeah. wrote it from the from T'Challa's perspective because he didn't think that white audiences would buy uh, would care about what a black man thought. So he wrote right. it from the white guy's perspective. Ross was the one that was looking at them like, "Oh my God, they're so sexy," but they're like, "Oh, they're in high school. I could go to jail." He <laughs> was the one that was looking at them like a child predator. Yeah, not T'Challa. <laughs> Yeah. So one of the things that it was so funny because in an early meeting I had, and I, I am allowed to say he this, was actually tricked by one of them. Right. Well, yeah. he was he no. was not no 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 he was not tricked by one he was tricked by Mephisto. Yeah. He was tricked, he was tricked by, by Mephisto. Mephisto and just tricks people and leaves. That's it. Yes. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. he's still tricking people because people still think he's in the MCU and he's not even there. He stays tricking people. He's like, ah, gotcha. No, like, no, gotcha. You thought that was me, didn't you? Gotcha. So yeah, so the whole thing with the the Dormelage, the way I quelled everybody's fears was, I in in my canon, I, I if you squint, I'm not gonna tell you where it is. It is in the book, but if you squint, somebody does make a comment about that, and mm -hmm. the fact that. Everybody thought they were in high school, but they were not. They were basically like 19 and 20 years old. Um, and when somebody asked me how I was going to prove it, I'm like, you've never met a black woman that looks younger than she actually is? 
I'm not I mean, proving you're anything. At right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not proving. I mean, you're looking at two right now. <laughs> I'm not proving anything. It's kind of like <laughs> factual at this point. Right. You know I'm like, I'm not proving anything. I'm using what was there. And this is not, I'm not saying anything bad about Christopher Priest. He wrote what he wrote and it's still, you know, but Ross was the only one who thought they were children and still was trying to get with them, which was yeah. problematic. They um, made, made, they made Ross very much uh, comedy relief. Yes, Almost. exactly. Even all the stuff with, you know, Mephisto finding him in the bathroom and all kind of stuff, you know, so. But yeah, it's. <laughs> I'll never mess. forget that one. <laughs> I forgot like, about it. Like, every time, like, something with Mephisto comes out, I'm like, this is, this is so left out of field. <laughs> it really Ross is, is literally sitting on the toilet in the field, Mephisto like, All right, cool, bro. You're the most chaotic thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, see, you already answered the other question I had yeah. about General Okoye about being introduced to any other generals past or present. Oh, you, so you, you kind of answered that one. You absolutely will. I mean, even if you've read um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' run, mm -hmm. you'll know that he really put a lot of lore in there, yes. and I pulled from that lore. Um, the and Arishi one of the things, and everything else. Yeah, and... It. And here's the thing that I've also had to explain to people, like the the Arisha that he talks about, um, there because there's people that are that are Yoruba that's like, well, that's not Arisha, the the, the gods of Wakanda, because he pulls from, and the funny thing is he does pull from some Dahomey women, but he also pulls from one of his one of the the rain goddesses, Mujaji, who is yes. named for the South African. Mujaji water tribe, which is why when I was looking for a leader, the person to have created the Dormilaje to begin with, that's why I made the leader or the creator uh, Queen Nahanda. That's the page that they already put out, so I'm not spoiling anything. Yes. So, and in real, <coughs> in real life, this group of women uh, that are... In real life, it's a matrilineal society. Um, I think to this day, there still is a queen um, or there was a princess. There was a death in there somewhere. And I think they had to wait until another child was born. Um, and it's really, really interesting because very early on in the history of these women, men tried to take over. And in order to protect herself, this, this, and I'm not even talking about what, I mean, I did, this is what I paralleled, but in real life, this is where I pulled this from. This woman only now has women in her court and she calls them her wives. There's no, there's no, she's not married to them. There's no, it's not in a sexual manner. It's just a term for their role in her court and in her life. So that was the impetus for me saying, ah, I'm going to, that's what I pulled for Nahanda's story, which you can actually now read. I think that page, those two pages, I think are up on marvel.com. Um, cool. So Nahanda is the, in, in, in that's one of the, uh, I don't know, exclusive, I would say. Um, Nahanda is the, actually it was an exclusive for The Verge. So I can't tell it, say it's an exclusive here, but um, <laughs> Nahanda is, I create, she, I made her the founder of the Dormelage. And then uh, Nahanda was one of the several Black Panther Kings. Um, and I, I talk about all 16 of them in the book. 
And because I think people just think it's T'Challa, T'Chaka, um, and Azuri. And it's like, no, there was a lot. And two of them were women. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, and one of the one of them uh it is was the Honda, and in fact, Hickman, Jonathan Hickman put her in a book, I believe it wasn't the twenty thousand, it wasn't ten thousand BC. Um Oh, you mean the sa- not the Savage Avengers? It wasn't the Savage Avengers. No, it wasn't the Savage it was- Avengers. It was another one where Nahanda <clears throat> actually had to roll out and help Odin and actually has the ability to lift Mjolnir. And I didn't, and again, so it's really funny. There's a lot of stuff that people are going to think I made up. I'm like, I didn't write this. <laughs> it's been a long run. Like, there's been so many it- different. And shout out to Tahinisa Coates and Jonathan Hickman, who I absolutely yeah. love reading their work in the in the Marvel universe because they tell a very long form of telling these stories, and especially Hickman. Jesus Christ, I get yeah, I have his listen, entire. I got a bone to pick with him because every now and then, like in Fantastic Four, he would just name a Black Panther and not do anything with him, or he would come up with a whole different story, and I'm like, really though. <laughs> Really? Because I, like I had this part written. I was good. And now I got to rewrite it because you put a whole other person in here. But Colt's run on Black Panther was epic. It, yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, was I enjoyed that entire run. I'm just going to be back here with myself. Just... <laughs> but I think, I think that, but what you, just like you said, a lot of this book, the first, I only had like 10 weeks to write this book. It was insane. Um, and oh, well, they put you on a timeline too. Yeah, they do everybody because <laughs> there's no money. There's no money. So, but the first, I would say, I really felt like I was writing a thesis for the first part of it. Yeah, because I, I was really gathering all this information and going through. And, and at one point, I don't remember if it was my editor. I don't think it was Marvel. Somebody in there was like, "Oh, we don't. We're not sure if we want you to talk about." So, um, Jim Rich. Hey, Jason. Um, I don't. I don't know if I. We want you to talk about Doom War. I'm like. Well, if I don't talk about Doom War, you don't have Midnight Angels, and you don't have um, some of the weaponry that they use that was not vibranium. So what are we going to do? Because nobody else uses that stuff. And they were like, oh, I'm like, yeah, and I kind of need to use Shuri's whole crew in there. So what's good? Yeah. And then, then, (laughs) like... How are we going to not, like, I know you don't want it because you're worried I'm talking about Doom. I'm like, I don't have to talk about Doom, but I have to talk about the Midnight Angels because people yeah. think the Midnight Angels came from Ta-Nehisi Coates and they didn't. They no, they Doom were not Yeah. That's where they popped uh, in. Here. And Deadpool. Yeah. I'm like, can I talk about Deadpool? And they, they <coughs> if, you, if you squint again, if you squint, <laughs> there's a lot of squinting. Squint. Yeah. <laughs> well, because one of the things that I was allowed to do, which is one of the things that I love about the book, and you'll see it if you look up on, 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 the, on, the, on the site, is different Dora would write in the margins. So I came up, so I have like the journal and each journal entry was written by somebody. And then I had another crew of different people that would just make notes. Even uh, Zara Ravi is in there talking about like, I don't know why I get so much hate for this because everybody lived. Like, you know, so there's, <laughs> so there's all kinds of little things that I got to do, which were a lot of fun. And um, somebody asked me if Queen Divine Justice is in the, in the, she is, but, Remember, Queen Divine Justice, by the time Ta-Nehisi Coates got to her, was just Asura. Mm-hmm. So Asura is in the book. 
Um, I'm not going to tell you where, but she's in there. But uh, but because you wanna, I you want to find out about where this book is, the, the link is in the comments. And the link is right <laughs> yeah, here. No, 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 no. Get and you can pre-order. Yes, you can. Because <laughs> yeah, I've already was, gotten mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think, for comic book fans and fans of Black Panther, it's going to be a lot of fun. But I also had to think about people who had not read all the comics that might only know the movie. What I will say that was really wonderful was so much of Black Panther, the movie, artistically was taken from Coach Run, specifically Brian Stelfreeze's artwork, that there are things that I was allowed to allude to that were that were nice. That nice. was really, really nice. So, but yeah, I had to write some, you know, because it still is, where are these women coming from? And again, they come from all over Wakanda. So not everybody is Wakandan. Or if they're Wakandan, they're not all from the same tribe. And um, what I'm really excited about is that I found, well, I found this out about two months ago, but now everybody found out this week. Um, Evan Narciss, um, great author, wrote a fantastic Black Panther run that really uh, gave um, really some background history to T'Chaka a few years back during the coach's run. Um, he has a book coming out well, it was supposed to come out after, I think now it's coming out before, called the Wakanda Atlas. And it is laying out all of the parts of Wakanda in intergalactic and here and everything. Um Man, did, Jay Rich, J1. Did you get any did you get any backlash or anything that you wrote? Or pushback? I was gonna say backlash is gonna happen when the book drops and P, uh, and fans decide to <laughs> oh, no, no, no. don't give me the PTSD yet, Jason. Come on, give me a minute. Um, <laughs> backlash you know we have your bag like Thank i'm always you. ready to fight like um the only the only pushback i got was and i don't know uh, jason i don't know if you were here when i talked about this where they were worried that i was going to portray the girls as child brides and i'm like no and again that was going back to the fact that when uh, i mentioned that when um christopher priest first wrote black panther he wrote him with through the eyes of Everett Ross. And it was Ross who was sort of ogling them. Um, but they were grown. And it still got problematic. Yeah. Right. And also, there's a book, I don't know if I have it. There's a book that came out this year also called Okoye, written by E.B. Zaboy. Yeah. And it, it is yeah, a fantastic book. Right. And it's another YA book where Okoye is on her first mission. And it happens to be to the United States. And she ends up in Brooklyn, which is awesome. Because um, I live in Brooklyn. Um, but... I, that's another example. Like she's, it's supposed to be like a few years after that, about five or six years after that. She's sort of in her twenties. So, and it was so funny because EB and I never talked. And when she wrote that, I'm like, oh my God, it slots in perfectly. It's like these two books could work together. And it was great. Um, I just wanted to mention, like, I love the way you're describing your book and the way you're having like the context here and the way language is used. I'm such a big fan of how language is used. But it also sounds like you have so much care, so much knowledge, and so much heart into this book. So thank you so much for explaining this and like, oh yeah, no, and absolutely. Like, oh my gosh, and I'm extremely excited to read this. So thank you, and the whole. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Like, I, I, like I, and you mentioned like folks that just know uh, Dora from the movie, but I feel like everything you put into this. Like people are gonna pick it up, and people are probably gonna go back and read other editions. And well, my other books. that's my goal, and then um, 
I don't know if you have TikTok or not, but a lot of people are like last year were seeing when the Dora Milaje um, section of the Disney um, Burbank, I think, location opened up and they mm -hmm. had their whole thing and they had little black girls that were in there like yes. doing the chants and everything. One thing that I did do was there are five core things that they always chant out, you know, about. And again, I don't want to give it all away. Although, let me check. Maybe if it's already out, I can say this. <laughs> Hang on. I was just checking to see what's on this page. Okay, yeah. So I can. So they talk about the tenets of the five tenets of Dora Milaje, which are tradition, honor, strength, courage, and compassion. And I made those chapters in the book. And I'm really hoping that this is something like I have a little niece and I want her to be able to like, when she's old enough to be able to look at it and go, Nope, I'm using one of the tenants today. I'm not going to fight or I'm not going to be, you know, because one of the things that I'm, I show is because these women are always looked at as like, we're warrior women and we fight all the time. And it's like, yeah, but you would die if that's all you did. <laughs> so <laughs> I, so I yeah, literally I mean, have times, but yeah, I have, you know, recovery and mourning, like, these, you know, and these women are, these are your sisters. You're also going to fight with them, but this is your family. And so they're not nuns, so to, so to speak, but it's sort of like you are living with your sisters. So I tried to explain how everything, living conditions, what you wear, what you graduate to wearing. And I even tried to acknowledge like, okay, not... Some people, yeah, I hope, Louie, I hope, I want to go to Disneyland one day and see the book in the bookshop, and then I'll cry. I will go together. <laughs> we'll go together. I would love to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really, I, I, I was also thinking of sort of um, like a rites of passage that you see in many African communities. I was thinking of that as well. Um, and... I was surprised. I really thought I was going to get a lot more pushback. There's some things I put in there. I'm like, really? We going to stop? Okay. Um, one of the things <laughs> I was very excited about was I wasn't able to get her for the whole book, which that is still bothering me, but I'll get over it. Um, but for a lot of the book, I was able to get Aletha Martinez to do a lot of the art. So if you see the outfits and stuff that are being worn. That's incredible. Yeah. And Aletha Martinez was one of the original artists that drew the Dora during priest run she was one of those artists that did interior pages so like yeah. the main artist would do some of the main ones and then she was one of the artists that would just draw so she's um it was wonderful for me to be able to bring her back in and then i have the incredible artist sheba maya who did my chapter paintings and or she painted my chapter inserts and you can see some of that on the page too yeah, I want people to cosplay these as well, which is why I was, they couldn't figure out why I was going so hard. Like there was not, as a writer, I don't have a lot of say in the art. Um, but when they got some of the weapons wrong, and then when they got some of the, the outfits wrong, when I say wrong, I mean, you're going through edits, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, that, that is not, mm -mm, we're not doing that. That's not what I was feeling. That's not what I was talking about. That's not what it was. We're not doing that. And it. honestly, I wish we had more time to do it. But again, this is not a comic book. It's a prose book. So I wasn't, not only did I not have control over the art, I they didn't spend that much time on it. Um, yes. It's but you, put, you put so much into it. it it's it's um it's it's beautiful. Uh, everything you just said is just beautiful. Uh, I'm so happy for you. So so excited Thank that you. that you talk to us. 
my gosh. Um, I have so many because. So you had different levels of training because see, you're talking to someone who's been a Black Panther stand since he was 12. Nice. Um, so I know about the shadow magic he learned after being mortally wounded prior to Doom taking the or making the vibranium inert or T'Challa making the vibranium inert so Doom couldn't use it um, and being mortally wounded and then coming out and having basically to retrain himself so he had to learn shadow magic. Um, the door, you mentioned the Midnight Angels which I was so glad you mentioned them and were there other levels of training? Was there stuff you had to look up like fighting styles or or just African rituals that you had yes. to look up for that, that there, dealt with this? There were certain <clears throat> things that I definitely looked up. Well, first of all, I just need to understand, I grew up on like Saturday and Sunday morning martial arts films. So <laughs> I wrote the fighting chapters first. They're like, what about yeah. courage? I'm like, let me just get the weapons out because I know what I want. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I can't give everything away, but it always bothered me that, although I think there's a recent comic that they, they, they did this as well, but I was like, I just feel like the Komoyo beads just being a bracelet is just such a waste of, like, couldn't they be other things too? Like, if it's something Sherry, I'm pretty sure it is other things. Right, oh. so exactly. <laughs> so, but I just mean like, you know, we can have like, I, I actually, I'm not allowed to give away some of the stuff that I created, but I did come up with a whole bunch of different types of Kamoyo beads, what they're get, used get the for. Get the yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I seriously, I have short range, short range weapons, mid range weapons, long range weapons, um, fighting styles from God, I'm trying to think of again. What like can I say? Um, <laughs> Seriously, I'm going to role play with your book, like D&D &D style. Yeah, <laughs> listen, I would love it if somebody came up with a whole thing. But like, everybody oh, wants to talk now about- Now you got it out there. It's going to happen. Now you put it out there. <laughs> um, That's different... right. Order the book. Pre-order the book. That's right. Yes, pre-order the book. Pre-order the book. So yes, like, so for instance- like as, as, people talk about, you know, Eskrima stick fighting, but there's a similar stick fighting style in Trinidad. And so sort of mixing that up. Um, also different fighting styles for different people. Um, uh, okay, I can't give away who it is, but there's somebody who is small. They're just petite. And she was like basically getting her ass kicked. And she had to figure out <laughs> a different fighting style to use. And it turned out like Pencat Salat was going to work because oh. she's little and using, you know, the right. That's what I'm saying. So if you are a fighting style fan or whatever, it's not perfect because I couldn't go in like I wanted to, but I was, there's different levels and stuff that you have to use. And then also you have to fight with, um, what you're not strong with. That's right, Jay. Jay Oh wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, Jason, Jason does he does card games. He he create he just created a shooter. So he's one of the ones he's like, don't start, don't tempt him to start developing a game based on fighting style. Yeah, you know no, what, I mean, Jay? no, but everything from like Anguni and Goonie stick like... fighting to Angolan Capoeira to um because and here's the thing. They 
they do have weapons. If anybody who read Doom Wars seen that, that they have weapons, but also <laughs> there's agents of Wakanda. They have weapons too. So it's not just about the three spears that you see everybody carrying. Also, those spears can break apart and do different things. They, you know, um, but, and, and then the other thing that came out of some of the comics was the fact that anybody who's been in Wakanda long enough has a certain amount of vibranium that has just been absorbed into their skin. So that has an effect on things too. I'm not going to say what. Um, so there's all kinds of things that I, that, <laughs> there's all <laughs> kinds of things that I was able to um, come up with. All, and even, even some of the comics that you saw, they had to fight symbiotes. They had to fight. So there's symbiote weapons. There's, and none of your weapons are going to work if you have to go up against the psionics. So how do you fight them? So yeah, so that is the fighting part. But then there's also like the healing part. When you, when you are not in fighting, what are you doing? You are meditating. You are resting. You are learning. You are, you know. Um, it's giving such humanity, by the way. Like, you're giving, like, such a human connection to these characters, these women, that folks are, some, some folks are probably introduced to them. And it's nice to see the warrior side. And it's nice to see the human side of that, too. Because there are after effects after wars. After Absolutely. Fight. Battles. Absolutely, especially the stuff that they go through and they can't yeah. talk to anybody about it. Yeah. Yeah. You, know. you need like a therapy session on Thursday. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> um, That's why Bucky didn't want to leave. He didn't want to. He was like, are you kidding? I don't exactly. want to leave. Yeah. I'm um, at peace you know, here. <laughs> there, you know what? And I just thought about something when Jason asked, was there a pushback? There's one thing that's always bothered me that I was not able to change. And that is in all of the comic book lore of Marvel lore, in the entire universe, both in movies, TV, and across animation, nobody in Wakanda has a last name. And that has always made me crazy. Um, we can name Loki and Thor's family for four generations, and they've got seven names apiece. And this is one of those things where when you're writing a book, as an African-American that is based on a fictional African country that was created by white people, you run into some of those things. Because mm -hmm. I had, they, someone was like, well, would they have last names? I'm like, I don't know an African that doesn't have like seven names. So yes. <laughs> um, but that was not something that I was allowed to do. The closest that I've ever seen is in Jason Aaron's run, one of my favorite Black Panther comics. Mm -hmm. um, the see Wakanda and die. And it was part of the scroll run. And I tell people, wait, can I curse on this? Yes, no, please. Okay. So it, it fucking around and find I, out I, was a comic. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is what this comic is. People, and I oh, yeah. love it. Please do. Please people do. have asked me and I told him, I said, this is when he was married to storm and the scrolls call they self invading called themselves invading Wakanda. They sent down a super scroll plus an armada. Who thought he was going to go home and see his wife that evening? <laughs> that was what was so crazy. He was having a whole conversation about, like, I just need to get back to my wife. I'm tired of these black people. Yeah. And it was like, what? But in that in that run, some of the, some of the Wakandans that died, Jason gave them names. Like, this was you know, I'm making this up, you know, Wakabi, the, the butcher from such and such. And the, yeah. and I was like, see that, 
that is what we, and you, so when you mentioned humanity just now, that was what made me think of it because so many of our characters don't get humanity and the Dormelage, what I had to do was really a lot of research. And then what it was, was just taking these threads of where we had seen them and placed them and bringing them together into these different stories. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's too meta. I hope somebody likes it. No, no, <laughs> uh, oh my god! Have you, have you looked yeah. over my shoulder? Like it's right. Yeah. Like, what if, I couldn't even. If I, could, if I could show you the rest of the office, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's not kidding." Uh, <laughs> but I, but I actually am very blessed because I didn't ask to do this. I actually, in my ten-year plan, didn't have writing a book on it until much later. And someone at the publishing house. For those of you who don't know, Marvel just really sub uses subsidiaries. So they'll like license books to different publishers or whatever. So the mm -hmm. publisher actually reached out to me. Um, I do know one person who recommended me, but I never found out who the second person was. So I'm still, whoever you are, thank you. Um, and so, yeah, I was, this was a, the scariest thing and the hardest thing I've ever had to do. A lot of blood, sweat and tears went into it, but. I really this, hope this, everybody this loves has it. been something this beautiful. Be incredible. Uh, still got a few minutes. I want to get one more out the way. Okay. Um, so this is one of Tracy's questions I had. Uh, for the characters in your book, how did you get into the breakdown of the training, the purpose of the kingdom? Or better yet, what inspired you in the research you did for the book? It kind of it kind of went both. Th those are intermingled. I will say because Coates did so much lore, uh, background lore, mm -hmm. um, especially remember when Shuri was basically kind of caught between two worlds. Yeah. Um, yes. They thought she was dead, but she really wasn't. Her spirit was just walking Jalia with, you know. Yeah, with um, reels and yeah. Right, exactly. The, but a lot of that lore, a lot of those stories, I gathered a lot of those for a lot of the spiritual story. And then that, along with the fan, the F4 run that Hickman wrote when T'Challa no longer had his powers and he ha and he became the king of the dead. Yes. Um, and Shuri was queen. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because when I say Shuri's queen, people go, Shuri was never queen. And I'm like, yes, she was. Comics. I don't know. <laughs> Literally Queen Regent. Yes. yes. Um, Fought Claw and everything. Right. Was ready and to kill Namor on the spot. Took out took out half his certain things, you know. Some people just miss certain things. <laughs> so um, but yeah, so a, a lot of that was what I gathered up and really dug into that lore. So when I was looking for like a spirituality or something for the, the characters, I, I was kind of going in there. Um that I did a lot of research on um, um, African, African and Caribbean, I should say, diasporic um, fighting styles. Um, and there's a lot that are very similar. So like I was saying, Eskrima and Nguni stick fighting are very similar. Um, there's also um, different physical fighting styles that's very similar and there's also things that were in comics that just 
I don't know if everybody read. Like, there's a really great run called, um, and it's funny because there was three different names for it, and it really bothered me because I felt like people didn't read it because they couldn't find it. Um, there was a Black Panther run written by, um, oh my goodness, the only other Black woman to write the in the comics. Um, oh, um. She wrote Binti. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's on the top. This is it's bothering on the me. Nettie, Nettie Akorafor. Yes, okay. yes. So Nettie Akorafor, um, <laughs> she's ready to get the book. She's, she's, so like, she's, she's probably got it at the head. She's got yes. it at the ready. <laughs> so Nettie, um, it was a Wakanda, sort of like a Wakanda Forever um, series, um, but it was really amazing Spider-Man. And Spider-Man was in every journey. Well, one journey was Spider-Man. Then the <laughs> next one was with the Avengers. Then there was X-Men. But it all had the Dora in New York yeah. trying to stop Nakia. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the all that, that history with the drum and, and that version of Vibranium, that was the fascinating history, going into the history of Vibranium, because there's not just one. There's this exactly. vibranium, there's yes. a vibranium in Antarctica, there's a vibranium yeah. that Doom Savage Land, Savage yeah, Land's right. Yeah. But there's another one she created in that book. And she brought it to Black Panther Long Live the King when she wrote that. And so I'm not saying this is it, this is my story. I'm saying these are the elements I was able to use. I was it's called Mimic 23. And I was able to talk about all of these things that people are gonna think I made them up. And I, even even in my edit sessions, they were like, well, we don't know if you could say that. I'm like, I didn't say it. Somebody else did. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like my only the rule. world and the encyclopedia of all the black Right. Oh my only, exactly. Um, and, it, and that was the other thing I was able to do was basically because when we're talking about the history of them, I was able to come up with the history of each character of each of the black panthers all those black panthers that you see in when he becomes king of the dead and he gets that avatar state and he can channel all of them mm. um i got to write stories about each of them and then those stories relate to other things so it was just like i said it was just one thread after another to kind of weave the base of this thing and then it just just trying to make this fabric of a story um and again when i say story the underlying theme is the history of the history that I was putting together of Wakanda and of the gods and of the people, and then how the doors support that. Um, but yeah, it's just you know I I, I kind of got into everything. Like what happens to what happens to retire if you don't die on the field? What happens if you're seventy six years old and you adore? Where do you go? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm serious. You just, you're just a badass woman. That's, That's all what I'm saying. Badass woman. Right, but like, but think about we it. We don't but, go over there because you think know. Think about it. But think <laughs> about think about Star Wars and the librarian. Even the librarians in Star Wars at the base <laughs> had lightsabers. Like, even they could yeah. fight. So, like, think about like even your lunch lady could probably kill somebody if she had to. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's like. That's the kind of stuff that you I was able to do. It's like a bunch of John Wicks yeah. that just mind their own That's business. What I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't start none. Won't Don't be won't none. be none. Man, this has been a great conversation. I'm definitely having to have you have you back on again when this book drops. But I have and I can actually talk about it. Yes. 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 Um, 
<laughs> this is going to be something amazing. Here has been incredible. So I would yeah. love to do a part two. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I'm all out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're like they're, Mike Tyson. They're all like Mike Tyson. <laughs> what kind of homes retirement community? Because <laughs> let's face it, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna fight Mike Tyson even now. Like Roy Jones Jr. found that out the hard way. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but that just having those conversations and even the concept of pan Africanism, which is something else Nadia Korofor started, um, and the Agungun Society that, that was she created, all of that has an effect on this book. And I remember some, and somebody else, some other people have commented, like, oh, it's going to be one of those we hate black men books. And I'm like, I don't even understand how you got that from this. They no. actually, they actually call him <laughs> beloved, but okay. Feelings feelings no, yes exactly <laughs> but it really it really isn't it's not and i keep trying to tell people about this like when you're thinking and looking at your stuff at fate people who are looking at, at things as fans just because somebody is a fan of something is really excited about something doesn't mean they don't like your thing yeah. it's not an insult just let people like what they like I always find that's, it funny that's when people, we, like, we would like not be here and take away from another. It's like you, you don't take away from something else just because I like waffles doesn't mean I don't like pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And so it's like, like you I like know, waffles right now. That's all it is. Yeah, I like waffles right now. And I so and I except, actually except for bacon. You know, when somebody says I don't like bacon, you gotta look at them funny. You know, you gotta give them that look <laughs> like you mean that's you, you don't, hmm? said, huh? <laughs> You gotta give them that cross look like ah mm -hmm. we don't go we don't mess with them because they don't like bacon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love my skiers in there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh man, blurred girl, the blurred girl, Karen Mahorn. Uh I I couldn't thank you enough for coming on. Uh this was a major win in my book, I think. Uh you gotta get you gotta give it to you, right? There we go. We don't get that kind of money yet. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. Um, thank you. DVDs, for you're doing something. Yes. <laughs> We're partnering with some people. So uh, we want to thank everybody. We want to thank everybody for the comment section. It was going in crazy now. Uh, the world is trying to be black and white, even though it's made of grays. There you, Jay Rich, you couldn't be wrong. You couldn't be wrong. You, you're definitely hitting the nose right there. <laughs> well, thank everybody for tuning hype, in. Hype, 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 hype. Yes. You know. oh, thank you, Louis. Thank you. Thank, this is part of my crew. Thank you yes. all so much um, for for hanging out. They're actually part of my Discord. People who are uh, my Patreon subscribers and Twitch, Twitch subscribers join my Patreon. And this is, they're my amazing family at <laughs> yeah. this so if you and once again if you guys are watching the show or once it goes up live tomorrow again uh hit that hashtag chris pine you get a free dvd copy or the boxes around i can't reach it your hype team your family that is so <laughs> i'm very lucky <laughs> yes that is so beautiful it's so good to see that yes so support black women please yes. please please yes. please support 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 <laughs> they, they bring in so much love and so much energy and so much just creativity and it's there in the cosplay community in the comic community in the geek community period let's just do that we need that you want a, you want a dvd you know what to do <laughs> you. you know what to do i got you 
Oh, <laughs> um, Jason's like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, Jason, Jason's my boy. He's like, support black women. Give me the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, my boy, he know what's up. I hit him up later. Um, but once again, thank you for coming on. If you want to get that book, let me pull that back up there. There you go. If you want to get that pre-order of book, it drops what September 20th, I want to say. Yep, September 20th. September um, 20th. I believe it or not, I <laughs> And this is not just me, but uh, Marvel does not pay for book tours. So I'm if you are interested in joining the the Patreon, um, or I'm also going to be having a, like a sort of not a GoFundMe, but a link that people can put. It'll be up on my page like for a the book. Or something. Yeah, so if people want to support and and help me come to your city, so I can do a yeah. signing. <laughs> Because oh, yeah, no getting out of here ain't free now. I'm telling you, yeah. gas is high. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm going to sell a kidney to like just gas the car. So, <laughs> um. <laughs> man, where else can they find you? Um, I am the Blur Girl everywhere. T H E B L E R D G U R L. Um, I if you follow me on Twitter, I spend a lot of time on TikTok. I'm also spending a lot of time on, um, but I'm also hanging out with my Discord and Patreon crew. I also game, actually, I'll be up tomorrow morning. Um, I do a Friday morning stream, uh, just chill games. Um, and then Saturday matinee, which is we watch a sci-fi movie and a short on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Eastern and over on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash the blur girl. So, and it's just chill. It's literally, it's literally one of my favorite things to do every week because it's like the only time I relax. <laughs> you are they do busy. that now. I didn't know what they did. I you didn't know they do busy. that. Now. I am. But I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on with Jay Rich say You'd be free on the fifth or sixth. Oh, because he's got so Jason Richardson, he's a good friend of the show. <laughs> I'm gonna put because Jay, you know I got you, buddy. He's a good friend of the show. He runs a black anime convention, one of the longest black running anime conventions in the country. Uh, it's called J One. Wait, uh, J One Con. Wait, 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 wait. From from um the Tribbles. That yeah. play. Yeah. I never knew Jay's last name. <laughs> 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 I know who Jay is. <laughs> when you said longest running anime convention, I'm like, that's J One. I'm like, I never knew Jay's last name. Hi. <laughs> I... <laughs> look how we look at the connection. You see how that boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jay. I'm gonna he said, hey girl. So here's the thing. I am one of my signings is gonna be at Amalgam Comics and Coffee the week of the book. Shout show. out that's, to them too. That's definitely happening. Yes, she's amazing. Um, that's happening. I don't uh 21st, 22nd. So I'm gonna definitely be in Philly then, and then I'm up here. I definitely have signings um at there's gonna be a schedule that goes up soon. Um, for Forbidden Planet, Anyone Comics. Like, I'm doing Close to Home, New York, New Jersey. I'm also doing a lot of black bookstores here so that I can, because I can get there cheap. It's possible that because yeah, my, my mom, my where, are y'all doing it in Atlantic City again? Yeah. Yeah, my mother lives off Atlantic City Expressway. Yeah, I call you. <laughs> look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Oh, look at Chris, Chris Fury did it again. Uh, <laughs> I'm just tripping. I didn't know Jay's last name. <laughs> <laughs> Love 
live oh, connection lit. here. I love lit. that. I, I love that. I love it. Tracy. Oh, just, to say, just to say, like, if also if you're in LA, like I'm based in LA. So if you ever want to, if you need a place to stay out here, I got you. Oh, you no. Ab- I will absolutely. Yeah. But one of the things I'm trying he to say, he said, call me. He said, call me. I got you. Look at this. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is like when the book drops, I'm trying to get to all of the conventions and get to um everything. So, and I have friends in LA and Pasadena and stuff too. It's just oh. trying to plan it and get out there at a you know at a certain time. So again, I'm gonna be launching this page very soon, and hopefully, everybody who contributes will get a signed copy. I'll tell you that much. It's just getting a hold of them. <laughs> um, Once again. Get the book. Get the get book. The book. Get the book. Okay, let's throw that out there again. Go to the link. Pre-order the book right there, right under her page. And right if there. you go to that, um, that's Amazon. But if you do, if I know some people feel some kind of way about Amazon, if you follow me on Twitter and you or Instagram, and you click on my um, beacons, my link in bio, there is a link there that gives. Um, oh, nice. Um, th- then if you do, if you work in a Bur- Burbank, you fly me out, Jay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got it like that. He dropping Burbank in the chat. Um, <laughs> like he, he knows I'm hitting him up. Right. I'm like, Hey, yo, dude, we already got to work together. Let's do it. So, but if, if you are Amazon averse, click the link in my bio on Twitter or, in, uh, or TikTok, And that link will show you a bunch of different bookstores as well as a whole list of black owned bookstores that you can order the book from. That's fantastic. Which you should do anyway, but yeah, yeah. I, I want to say like we probably should do that like a little bit like back. Well, um, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is unfortunately the powers that be don't count your pre-orders towards like any kind of bestseller list or anything unless they come from one of the big three yeah. like Books a Million or Barnes and Nobles or Amazon. Um, <laughs> so he says the mouse likes me, but not that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm trying, and I'm also partnering uh, with a few other bookstores. I know Afroware, I'm going to be partnering with. And again, if anybody knows any black bookstores in Atlanta and stuff, hit me up and let me know where I should be going because I'm trying to hit as many places as possible. Right on, fall oh, yeah. and winter. Man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for. You got my support. Those who come on the Blurred's Eye View and they talk to Chris Fury, Jason is one of them. He'll tell you flat, flat out, if I say I got you, I got you. Uh, yeah, well, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate got you. That. Whatever you need, just put it out there. Like, Chris, I need a... Th- Let me know. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> so, I'm all, I appreciate you because you put out that media kit, so now I'm going to start putting that to work. Yes, I gotta, and I'm, I got to get new headshots. See, well, and you don't have to you don't have to go crazy on that either. That is something else I'm going to be um, launching very soon. I have a one of my Patreon tiers is just going to be for business and mm-hmm. for just do more stuff like that. I have a smaller. I have podcasters that don't do video that are like, listen, I'm really small. Do I need a media kit? And I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to be doing just a smaller podcast version of the media kit. And then I'm also going to be showing like I'm kind of a one woman show. I, I do have a couple of people who help me at this point. Um, but before that it was really all me and I have a lot of different shortcuts and apps and stuff like that I use and I'm happy to, I'm going to be teaching and showing people how I do what I do. So hopefully that will help pay for a plane ticket or two. (laughs) <laughs> the blur girl's going to take over. I'm just going to put it out there right there now. The blur is. girl's clearly going to take over. I, hey, 
it, it's better ran when you late when the blur girls do it. I'm gonna tell you right yeah, now. Right. <laughs> Tracy, tell everybody where they can find you. Hi, uh, Tracy here, uh, mostly on IG at crazycar 77 And guess what, everyone? I'm your man on the wall, Chris Fury. You can always find me on Blur's Eye View at IG. You can go to the IG. You go to the link in the bio. It will take you to all the socials, including the YouTube channel. So hit that notification bell and see some unseen stuff that you see anywhere else. But I want to thank our guest, yes, Karen Mahorn, the Blurred Girl. Thank you so much. Giving us so much inspiration giving us some insight on protectors of Wakanda. We didn't get a chance to get around to Stranger Things, but that's all right because we still got a lot of time to talk about those crazy kids from Hawkins. <laughs> so, but until next time, remember to educate yourself and others, entertain yourself and others, and most of all, encourage yourself and others. I'm Chris Fury with my cousin. Well, cousin might as well be my cousin. Crazy car. <laughs> Why as well be? <laughs> we're getting we're getting so close. We're just we're just too far apart. Uh, and with our special guest, Grandma Horn, the Blur Girl. Until next time, this is Chris Fury and the crew. We're out of here. Thank you.